Welcome to Talks with Tea Time podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the best sport podcast in the world. Thank you, Siri. That's right. You heard it right. We're back and we're better than ever. Welcome to Talks with Tea Time podcast, where we talk completely sports football, basketball, baseball, whatever you want to hear. We're here and we're ready to give you the best entertainment of your life. So sit back and relax for the next 45 minutes. Welcome to Talks with T-Time, the podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, man. Back at it again with another episode of Talks with T-Time, the podcast. We are on season eight, episode seven, man. If you haven't already followed the podcast at Talks with T-Time podcast on IG, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Talks with T-Time P1. And y'all can also follow my personal um, IG and also as well Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. We have a very, very special guest today. We got my guy, Matthew. From Nachos and Analysis um, on Twitter. I hate that my boy Drew not here. He's also their two-man crew. I love y'all's podcast. I listen to it all the time. So once again, Matthew, appreciate you for coming on, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, I said it off air too, but uh, uh, sorry, Drew couldn't be here. But you'll have you'll get two episodes out of us. And so yeah, for one, sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So I but thank you. Thank yeah, you for having, yeah. and I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, I had to get you guys on here, man. Um, Once again, I'll kind of give a rundown like I do every week to you guys. So, obviously, we're going to talk a lot. It's going to be a lot of Clemson talk tonight. Um, I mean, obviously, Clemson's playing really good football right now. They're finally kind of coming together, so we'll talk about that a lot tonight. Also, as well, we'll talk about, you know, just what's coming up for Clemson, what we kind of expect from them for the rest of the season, um, we'll talk about the rest of the landscape of college football as well. And then I, I won't subject Matt to this. I told him this just a few minutes ago. I won't subject Matt to my rant on the Panthers towards the end of the podcast. So definitely stick around. But once again, Matt, thank you for coming on, man. Um, let's talk a little bit about the big game last weekend. I'm, I'm pretty sure you were in Death Valley, correct? Yes, sir. I was. Uh, that was actually my first game of the season that I've like been there as a fan. Okay. Uh, Georgia Tech and Furman, me and Drew were in the press box. And then Louisiana Tech, I took a trip to Colorado to go visit my girlfriend. Okay. Uh, so this was my first game actually like being a fan. And I just got my voice back today. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I can definitely understand because that place, I, I was just seeing it on TV. I was hoping to be there, but I couldn't make it. Um, but that place was absolute, absolutely electric. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was crazy. Death Valley hasn't felt like that in a long time. Me and Drew talked wow. about that yesterday when we were recording our podcast that we don't think it's felt like that since probably Louisville, Louisville yeah. 2016. Louisville That's yep. six years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And I was at that game live, and that was that was still the greatest. Really, that's the greatest sporting event I've ever been to live, um, ever. Um, so, yeah, definitely, you know, I, I'm definitely right there with you. Um, super excited about, you know, the future of, of Clemson at this point and really just excited about, you know, you, just this game that we just watched. I mean, Clemson gets the win in Death Valley, um, 30 to 20, and that score is a little, like, misleading because I yeah. feel like after halftime, that game was not close at oh, all yeah. after halftime. I don't even feel like, even from the beginning, I kind of felt like Clemson was always in control with the way yeah. the defense was dominating. The offense kind of took a little while to get going and mm -hmm. were slow, but 
it never felt like to me that Clemson was not in control of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Same man. Like really once, once, like I said, I think that drive before halftime when Will Shipley caught that touchdown pass Mm -hmm. and, and all that and stuff, it just, it seemed like at that point, the game really was like, okay, it's Clemson's to lose. And in the second, in the second half, I mean, Clemson's offense and defense both was just absolutely clicking. Um, oh, yeah. Defensive line was getting pressure. Um, I'm gonna ask you. We talked about the atmosphere just a moment ago, but I've been hearing from recruits. I've been hearing from people that were at the game that that atmosphere at Clemson on Saturday night was something they haven't seen, like you just said, in years. Yeah. And how do you think that's gonna rub off on like recruits and stuff like that? Because I think that plays. Because I'm hearing from recruits. They're like that, you know, I'm saying, man, I ain't never been in no environment like that. I've been to Bam, I've been to Ohio State, I've been here. That environment at Clemson was unreal. How do you think that that plays a role, like going forward and recruiting and all that type stuff? See, I don't I don't necessarily follow recruiting super closely. Mm-hmm. I've always I mean, ever since I got out of high school, I kind of felt like it was weird keeping up yeah, with high school. Right. Kids, so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, true. obviously and they changed too. they changed. Yeah. Day and night, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, definitely. I agree. But, yeah, like, obviously, having being able to get recruits in to see that what Death Valley is capable of when we haven't had a game that big against, like, a top-ranked opponent in the stadium in a while. Right. Um, I feel like even the ACC kind of feels like they're a little on the up with some of the t- yep. more lower-end teams are starting to get a little more decent middle-of-the-pack college football teams. So, uh, I hope that's a good sign for moving forward that people are going to see that there is competitiveness going on in Clemson still, but we we still don't lose at home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, now you're looking at Clemson going on almost, what, six or seven years of not losing mm-hmm. at home. I think it was 16 last year. It was 2016, yeah. Yeah, since, since 2016 against Pitt. So we're talking about a long time of a lot of winning. So definitely I give um, credit to Death Valley, man. I mean, it's one of the best atmospheres in the country. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Clemson fan. It really <laughs> is one of the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, we always knew that Clemson was special. Like right. as fans, I feel like just knew it for a while that the first time you go there, it just feels different than anywhere else you've been. Absolutely. So, uh, just Absolutely. being able to convey that to recruits is the biggest thing for Clemson to me, I think. Definitely. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you 100%. Now, let's break down the game a little bit. Let's talk about the win that Clemson got. I got to come on here. I told you before the podcast, I got to come on here and give you and <laughs> Drew both credit because y'all told me after when I was on y'all's podcast at the beginning of the season, I was real down on DJU. I said, man, I don't know if he going to make it. I don't know if he going to. I think I said by October 1st, he wouldn't even be starting. Now he looks like yeah. a, a top three quarterback in the ACC. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about DJ's development? Like DJ, just, just he's just been different this year. He's a completely um, different player. His, yeah, he's a completely different player. How do you feel about his development so far this season? It's just day and night from yeah. last year. I saw a tweet actually just before we got on. I forget who put it out, but uh, it was comparing the three power five teams that Clemson's played this year, DJ stats compared from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. And he's improved so much. Like he was completing 13 passes a game against Georgia tech last year. Yeah. Like, right. and then he only completed like 13 or 15 passes against wake forest last year. Right. And it's like, he threw for five touchdowns this year. Like he's so much more composed. You can tell his confidence is there. He's actually having time in the pocket to like go through progressions. And when he does have time, he's making the right decision. He's probably 
only made a few like a handful of bad decisions this year and that's a lot to me yeah no I, i agree with you man i mean you look at the stat line i think and I could be wrong. I think passing wise, he has 11 touchdowns and one interception on the whole entire year. I mean, that's night and day. I think last year he had nine touchdowns passing total and 10 interceptions. So he's, yeah. he's. I mean, it, like you said, bro, it's it's night and day. He's a completely different person. And I remember I actually had a conversation with uh, DJ's dad. When I, that was like Thursday night or Friday night. It was one of those nights last week. And we were in one of the Twitter spaces held by my boy Fifth Quarter. Um, mm-hmm. For Clemson, he's he's a really good Clemson. Shout follow out to them. Really. Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good Clemson follow. And I was just telling DJ's dad, like, he proved me wrong. Like, pretty much, like, same thing I'm telling you. I was telling his dad that to his face. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like, your son really proved me wrong. I, I I was hard on him last year. I was hard on him beginning of this year. And it really seems like since the second half of that Georgia Tech game, he's just got it since mm-hmm. then. Like, it just seems like ever since then, he just he's more confident. Uh, the way he's running the ball and just the way that he's utilizing himself within the offense now, it's just, it's night and day, like you said. And I think if Clemson can continue to get it, this type of gameplay out of DJ and the defense is now starting to come together too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say we're going to win a national title, but I definitely think we can get into the playoffs for sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like with uh, Wake Forest and NC State behind us already, the season is kind of like we're almost at a good point to where yeah. a lot of the tough games are past us. We just have like a, at Florida State and at Notre Dame left. Yeah. And I think those are probably the two tough matchups left. But yeah. you kind of made it for that through that first stretch. Yeah, that you didn't make it through last year. No. And, and you look a lot better this year. And yeah, I think th- this team is definitely and no, and no disrespect to the team last year. This team is definitely better than last year's team. Oh, yeah. Um, like this, DJ's uh, having so much more help on offense. Yeah. Like, like Antonio Williams, like it's I said earlier, the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, and even like Nada and Bo Collins are stepping up. Yeah. They yeah, they year. have. Both of them have stepped up here lately. Even I've been hard on Justin Nagata, but mm-hmm. the last game or so, he's really he's really stepped up. So I got I got to give him credit. I got to yeah, give him he has some big time those last few games. Yeah, so. he has. He we've been waiting one. on it. Yeah, exactly. We uh, he had one really big one in that Wake Forest game, mm-hmm. and he had another big one. He had like actually like two big ones on on NC State. So I got to give credit where it's due. Um, so definitely excited about that. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess. And I, I, I got to give this guy credit, too, because I was hard on him, too, when we hired him. I feel like we got to give Brandon Streeter a little bit of credit as well because he's utilizing the middle of the field, something Clemson hasn't done in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and no disrespect to Tony Elliott, this is just the truth. He's utilizing tight ends, once again, something Clemson has not done in years. Uh, how do you feel about Brandon Streeter's play calling? Because, like, if I had to give him a report card right now, I'm not going to lie, bro. I would have to give him, like, a B. I think he's doing, like – actually pretty good to be honest with you. Uh, yeah i agree i think i've been pretty impressed with him at, at the beginning of the season you know the playbook was kind of basic but you know from playing football like you don't go into the season with a full playbook you implement throughout the season so uh it seems like to me like my perspective is that with jeff scott and tony elliott it took us a long time to implement those wrinkles because i don't think we yeah. needed to earlier in the season uh because we weren't playing playoff teams playoff and we were just teams, that much yeah. better right. so uh but we're seeing those wrinkles now like we're seeing that more motions getting antonio williams in space and trying to get him the ball in space and calling certain plays to get certain players the balls like that's something that 
I we haven't seen since Jeff Scott, really. Yeah. Uh, and even not it wasn't even that frequent with Jeff Scott. So yeah. I'm excited for Brandon. This is his first season as OC. So yeah, first season. I, I'm excited for what he has to bring if he can keep the momentum. Right. No, man, I, I'm I'm 100 with you. I love the way he's used the tight ends. I've been saying that for like the past two or three years now. Like, man, why are we not using our tight ends like that? Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's really been bothering me. Um, but you know, I'm I'm so glad that he's using bringing stool. He's using um, you know, Davis Allen, and it just the offense feels so much more open once mm-hmm. again no disrespect to tony elliott or jeff scott but i feel like this is the most offense has been open in a while yeah. and it probably helps that dj lost the weight too so now they can run him a little bit more as well so that definitely helps don't get me wrong but it just seems like the offense is so much more open man i i gotta give a shout out to the tight ends i mean davis allen and jake bringing stool i talked to papa bringing stool who was that like two nights ago um you know, I'm excited for those two guys. I mean, both of them. Davis Allen looks like a legit NFL tight end, and Bringer Stool looks like one too. And I think he's only like a sophomore. So yeah, he has right. a whole nother year to come back and, and develop himself. So I'm just glad we're using those tight ends. I had another thing I wanted to bring up to you too. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about Will Shipley too, because he has took – we've seen spotlights of it last year, but it seemed like this year he's just taking that next step. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna be a bona fide superstar in, in in college football. He's already basically about there, but he's yeah. really gonna be there like next year for sure. How do you feel about Will Shipley in the year he's having? Because I think he's having a tremendous year. Yeah, he is. He's rushing. He's running really hard for yards, and the offensive line hasn't helped him out as much as you might want them to. But mm-hmm. even when there's not a big hole there, he's still fighting for two yards. Right. And those are two hard earned yards. Like it's not his fault that there's not holes there. Uh, I don't know if you remember going into last season, everybody in the program pretty much when asked like, who's the freshman that you're excited about, everybody would say Will Shipley, right? That he's like ready to go. He's a superstar. And then he, I was kind of disappointed with his performance last year. Like, like you said, he showed glimpses, but he just wasn't all the way there. I mean, he was an 18 year old kid. Right. Right. uh, But I mean, his improvement over just one year, he's stronger. He's running harder. He's looking like a complete back. Yeah, no, I dude, I I completely agree, man. I mean, he just looks more polished this year. He just, he just, he's been a difference maker for the offense. Mm -hmm. Same with Antonio Williams. I know he's a freshman. He's been an absolute difference maker as well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the defense because they got slandered a lot last week. And I feel like they answered the call this week. Mm -hmm. They made Devin Leary look very pedestrian. I got to give a shout out to Nate Wiggins. We were so, everybody was so critical of him last week. And he really should have had not one pick six. He should have had two um, Mm -hmm. pick six. And he put himself in a, and I only seen him get burnt like once. Um, which for him, I mean, cornerbacks, they're going to get burned. That's just, yeah, they're going to get burned. That's the nature of that position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to get burned. But compared to the week before when he was getting absolutely slaughtered, I thought Nate Wiggins did a a tremendous job. So let's, let's talk about the secondary real quickly, because when Makuba went out, I was a little worried. I was like, Oh yeah. God, here we go. But Nate Wiggins, I think Toriano pride did a great job as well. Those guys answered the call, I feel like, at least. Uh, Mickens, all those guys answered the call. How did you feel about the secondary 
coming off of that game from Wake Forest. I completely agree. I had Toriano Pride's name written down as uh, one of the people I was impressed with because he yes. got he got picked on a lot against Wake Forest, just like Nate Wiggins did. Uh, but he got a pick in this game against NC State that he kind of got his revenge a little bit. So yeah. it was nice to see that. Uh, once, like you said, when Makuba got ejected, it really felt like this might not be this because after he was out, it was pretty much the same injuries that we had or same players we had out for Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. So it was like, are, are we going to be able to stop them at all? But the defensive line really showed up and helped him out too, getting pressure. Uh, I don't think we blitzed that much. We just ran a bunch no, of stunts. We did just a bunch of D line stunts, and that was able to, enough to get him home and hold off the hold off the pass until you know yeah i think also as well i'm glad you brought up blitz i i gotta give another group credit that does not get credit a lot but they've actually been pretty amazing this year we gotta give clemson's whole line a little bit of credit yeah they held that nc state front seven to zero sacks we're talking about like a lot of people in college football circles a lot of people will say that's a top seven eight ish front seven they got zero sacks dj had plenty of time to uh to pass the ball we got to give credit i seen right tackle true freshman blake miller absolutely oh, yeah. put somebody in the ground a couple of times um so he's really starting to turn that corner too as well the last two games he's been really really good O-line, I got to get them some credit because you just brought it up when you brought up the blitz about uh, Clemson, and we'll get mm-hmm. back to the defense. But I had to give the O-line credit because I feel like passing-wise this year, I don't know about you, I feel like they've been, like, good, like, really oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pass. Like, I think they've only gave up a handful of sacks all year. I don't yeah. think they, they might have only given up one against Wake Forest, maybe one against Georgia Tech, and one against Furman. Right. If that, so. It, yeah, they've been really good, bro. Like, pass blocking-wise, I think the run blocking could be better, obviously. I think we mm-hmm. would, both of us wouldn't disagree with that. But pass blocking-wise, DJ has had time to call his mom, make a picnic <laughs> for his girl. I mean, he's had plenty of time to throw the ball. So we got to give him credit. And against that NC State D-line in front seven, especially because they were sending blitzes. And, oh, yeah. and the fact that. Clemson was able to contain that. I got to get that O-line credit, man. But let me get back to the defensive side of the ball um, and talk a little bit about, you know, the front seven as well because I feel like Clemson has kind of struggled getting to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Not in this game. They were getting after it. Miles Murphy finally looked like the Miles Murphy we had been expecting. I like that kid, Ruka Roro or whatever his name Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) <laughs> He's an absolute stud. I like him. I liked it. Um, number 30, the linebacker McGuire. Yeah, he, he came I, in after Trotter got hurt and he played really well. He was he all over really, the ball. Yeah, he he played really he played really well in the Cheese It Bowl as well. Um, so I I don't know, man. I like Levante Bentley and all that, and I think he's a good player too, but we might have to get 30. We might have to get him in the lineup a little more. Like I like Trotter too. But I felt like when 30 was in the game, the defense really started to click. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I I like all the – I think that's the good thing about this year is linebacker core, we're super deep. And that's been something, you know, that we really haven't had the last couple years. I can't even remember one time, one team where it was like, if if your main middle linebacker gets hurt, like, do you have somebody to come in and replace him? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's been a, it's been really good. How did you feel about the front seven in this game? Because I feel like they kind of 
got back going to where they are supposed to be. Yeah, they played like we expected them to. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, I think they held them to under 300 total yards. Yep. Only one real touchdown in the game. The other one with a minute left. I don't right. count that. One real touchdown. Uh, they were flying around high energy. It just looked like they had like their swagger back. Right. Yep. After kind of getting it taken out against Wake Forest. Yeah, I agree. It seemed like the defense really kind of woke up, got it going. Seemed like they really, you know what I'm saying, just really just woke up, really, finally. Mm -hmm. There was a – sorry to cut you off, but I I didn't read the article, but right before we got on here, there was somebody posted something about an interview with Miles Murphy where he was talking about why the – Clemson defense needed that game against Wake Forest and why it kind of was a wake-up call for them. So I'm going to go back and read that after we get off. Yeah, uh, Even the defense recognizes it. I'll send it over to you. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, definitely DM me that because I or send it on the TL, whatever. I would like to read that too because you definitely felt the sense of urgency in this game, especially on the defense. I thought they played pretty, pretty well because I feel like the first touchdown they gave, I ain't going to lie. Me and I'm not trying to crap on state. I feel like it was BS, like to be honest. Like the targeting penalty, I, I didn't really think it was targeting. Then I thought that RJ Mickens oh, yeah. interference was atrocious. And that was on like a third and like 17 or something like yeah. that. So I you know, I ain't gonna lie. To me, really both of them touchdowns NC State got on Clemson was fraudulent. I'm I'm gonna keep it a band. I, I thought both of them were pretty bad calls. Um, so you could argue Clemson really only gave up six points in this game. Yeah, like, if we're going to be completely honest, like they they just, you know, that's just my personal opinion. But I thought Clemson defense looked really, really good. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I do want to kind of talk about the future a little bit and, and what is kind of coming up to as well. Um, obviously, we have Boston College this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people this all the time. Boston College is never a game that Clemson should sleep on. <laughs> never. No, they never. always get up to play us. It does not matter the record. It does not matter who they lost to. It does not matter who they beat. Boston College finds a way to get up for Clemson every single year. It's just it is what it is. And we're yes. at their place at night. I think it's the Red Bandana game up mm-hmm. there in Boston. So going into this game, it's and I think Clemson players know that. And I think now they're kind of like awoke. You know, but I am a little concerned after after coming off a big high win like that. Everybody's praising you. You know, I am a little concerned. I'm not going to lie because Boston College does play as well. How do you feel about this Boston College game coming up on Saturday? See, I think it's going to be a big week for Clemson because absolutely like you were saying, Boston College always plays Clemson close and it doesn't matter how big the talent cap is. It's always Boston College schemes for us well. And they have a good coaching staff. They're a well-coached team. So uh, luckily, they're on a down year this year. So yeah, uh, I think as long as the defense is healthy, like our our personnel sets up well to stop their scheme mm-hmm. because they're you know kind of a more of a ground and pound pro yeah. style offense. And look at our front seven. That's our right. right. So uh, as long as, but I like Jeff Halfley, Boston College's coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's just going to be outmanned this year. I think like Boston College is always going to put up a fight, but I don't think it's it's not their year this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, and I, I like 
uh, what's that quarterback name? Jerkovich. And I yeah, also Phil. like that kid, Zay Flowers. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's talented. He's absolute stud. Nate Wiggins got another task ahead of him this week because – That's got to uh, be by committee to cover yeah, Flowers. That, like. Yeah, Flowers is an absolute stud. So, I do – I am a little concerned about that. But, yeah, I kind of pretty much agree with you. I do think Boston College is going to give us a fight. They always do. Um, but they're more so – they play into what Clemson's strong at, and that's the front seven. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're like you said, they're a ground-and-pound team, and that's why I trust Clemson at the most because Clemson actually has one of the better run defenses in the country. So yeah. that's one place I'm not really concerned about them at. Um, now let's look ahead a little bit more. We got Florida State the week after this week. I think we got Syracuse, who's undefeated right now, right after them. Um, so – you know, Clemson season is far from, oh, it's just relaxed time, time to chill. Oh, yeah. We still got Notre Dame in like a month as well. It's still Notre Dame. It's still going to be at Notre Dame. That place is still going to be probably electric to play against us. So when you're looking at Clemson, what are your expectations now at this point for this team going forward? See, I mean, I had some bias at the beginning of the season. I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I've, Looking at the schedule, I kind of thought Clemson might go 12 and 0 during the regular season. Right. And that was based off of last year's performance. So, considering the improvements that we've seen this year, I'm more confident that Clemson can go 12 and 0 this year. Yeah. Uh, I think you still have that opportunity to trip up at Florida State just because yeah. they're going to be looking for revenge. It's been a while since they've been in that game Absolutely. and they're actually talented this year. So, uh, they're going to be looking for blood and then always going to Notre Dame is going to be tough. But I, as, if Clemson keeps playing and improving how they are, I don't see anybody on the schedule beating them. I, I don't either, Um, to be completely. And I, and I was a guy who said I think Clemson loses like two games this year. I thought the Notre Dame game was probably going to be an L. And I thought – I think I thought maybe, maybe Wake might have been an L – possibly like before the season it's like back in the mm-hmm. summer yeah um and i thought those were gonna be the two games that we like struggle with our, our loss um but yeah man I, I kind of agree i mean especially if they i was just telling somebody this the other day ago they get past florida state scotch clean it's gonna be looking real good for a possible undefeated season because yeah. i in the acc championship i don't see any team on that coastal even getting close to to Clemson, even yeah. Duke and Carolina. Carolina's defense absolutely stinks, but their <laughs> offense is really good. But they play the Clemson strengths. I think Clemson could stop them. And then even with Duke, they have a really decent defense, but that offense wouldn't move at all. Oh, not um, at all. And I think those are the two teams that could win. I'm kind of tipping my hand a little bit. I think those are going to be the two teams that win that division. I think Pittsburgh's cooked. I think Miami's going to be cooked after this weekend after North Carolina beats them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think if they can get past Florida state unbeaten, I'm gonna start feeling real good. Yeah. That's, um, that's going to be a real tester. Like I was saying yeah. about, they have all, they have a lot of stuff on their side for that game. Florida state yeah. does. So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah. even though it might not look that tough on paper. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent, man. I think that game and I mean, Florida state, I guess we'll go ahead and just start transitioning into completely like college football overall. Okay. Florida State got a big game this weekend against NC State and Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, what's your opinion on that game? Do you think Florida State might answer the call and knock off NC State? Because I think NC State could go through a situation where Clemson game was a Super Bowl and they just blew it. And they might just be like, man, season is over. They might check out. I'm mm-hmm. from North Carolina. I know how NC State does. NC State bleep is real. It happens. <laughs> 
So I, I'm looking at this game here, and I'm thinking, well, NC State could possibly just check out and say the season's over. How do you feel about that, and do you think that's something that could possibly happen? Yeah, actually, when we recorded our podcast yesterday, I picked Florida State to win that game because of I that think, exact I think reason. They might do it too, man. Is it going to be tough to go into Raleigh? But teams who play Alabama and Clemson the next week, they have that hangover game sometimes mm -hmm. where yeah. you you built yourself up for the biggest game of your season, didn't yeah. didn't get it done. So the next week you come out and you don't really have that much to play for. Right. So it's hard to get your team together but i mean i don't doubt that dave doran will be able to get them going but right. it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one i'm picking florida state for that one though yeah I, I think florida state definitely can win i think right now nc state is like a three-point favorite i think at this time so that that bodes real well for florida state to be honest with you like i think florida state definitely can win that game um let's talk a little bit about um another big game this weekend this is more so sec um, Tennessee versus LSU in Baton Rouge is going to be a really good one because Tennessee has been tested. I think Florida is an above average to average team. Um, they also played Pitt, which I don't know how good that win looks anymore. How do you feel about that Tennessee LSU game? That one's going to be pretty interesting. That's be uh, a really interesting one. I, I kind of think Tennessee is going to get it done yeah. winning and going to death Valley isn't easy, but Tennessee is pretty talented this year and, yeah. They've looked good from what I've seen. I haven't watched either of those teams too terribly much so far, but I'm planning on watching a lot of football this weekend. So yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree with you as well, man. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that's gonna be a real interesting game. It's a 12 o'clock game on ESPN. Um, I definitely want to see that one. I gotta get these guys. I think they're like America's team right now. The Kansas Jayhawks are five and <laughs> you gotta show some love to the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, I like that quarterback they got. I think his name is Jalen Daniels. Um, I like that kid a lot, man. They're playing against TCU now. TCU is 4-0 as well. They're, they're undefeated as well, coming off a big win against Oklahoma. Mac Duggan looks like a different quarterback this year. Uh, just kind of give me a synopsis of what you think of that game. I'm pretty – I'm excited about Kansas this year. I mean – I am too. It's nice to see a Cinderella team like this in college football. You kind Absolutely. of feel like after the last five or six years, it's been the same thing over and over again, the same top teams. But we're getting some mix-up this year, and yep. Kansas is might be, you know, good in the next few years. So I don't know if you watched on game day. Uh, they did like a little – it was like in the pre-show of game day. They did like a – little special on kansas and when, yeah, when when their coach got hired and he they were like not selling any tickets and he was like we're gonna sell the stadium out one day and then the next year they're two and oh yeah. and every stadium's full it's just a it's a pretty cool story so i want kansas to keep on winning i i i do too i think they're america's darling at this point i think everybody is loving kansas and tcu's having a really good season too mm -hmm. but i i think lance Leipold he ain't gonna be at kansas much longer i'm pretty sure I think I, I think Wisconsin's gonna go with Jim Leonard. I think they're gonna keep him there. But when you look at schools like Nebraska, places like that, I think Auburn job is eventually gonna come open as well. Yeah. Um, when you look at those jobs, they're gonna be blowing up Lipo's phone immediately. Um, as soon as they fire the guy, they probably already working on it. <laughs> um, because he's done an amazing job with Kansas. So I had to show them a little bit of love as well. Just a few more things I want to go over with you, and then we'll go over some rankings, then we'll go ahead and get you out of here. Um, another game that I'm gonna be looking forward to as well this weekend is is and I don't really even care for 
um, you know, Pac-12 football. But I think that Utah-UCLA game could be a decent game. I mean, UCLA yeah. is undefeated um, right now. They're 5-0, and coming off a really big win last week. Um, how do you feel about that game? Yeah, I'm the same way. I have – haven't paid too much attention to Pac-12 this year, but from what I have seen out of UCLA, I, I I'm kind of a fan. Yeah, uh, same, same. Like, I mean, they're not selling tickets at all. Like, nobody's right, going to the yeah. games, but yeah, <laughs> but they're playing crazy. well, and they have right. good players. So I'm gonna pick UCLA for that game. Also, uh, just want to kind of see those teams keep winning. Yeah, no, nah, man, I'm right there with you. I, I kind of want to see both of those teams winning too. I I think I'm gonna take UCLA in that game, though. I would like to see them. Yeah, but that you're right though. That stadium was pretty pretty empty so oh yeah <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that um another game too i'm gonna bring up and then we're gonna kind of move on to the rankings um are we seeing the fall of arkansas because they have mississippi state this week and i mean they're looking three and three right in the face at this point i think they got mississippi state like a 9.5 favorite at this point are we seeing arkansas a team that everybody loved in the offseason thought they were amazing are we seeing the fall of them live because they just lost AM? They just got blew out by Alabama. And then now they're going to, to Stars Vegas, and that place is going to be turned up. Mississippi State is ranked 23 in the country right now. Are we seeing the fall of Arkansas this season? I think we are. And yeah. as, a, as sad as it is to say, I feel like this happens to teams. And it even when they first get their little bit of success, uh, they get the media hype. People are hopping on the bandwagon and then they kind of fall off. It happened to Clemson in like yeah. 2011, 2012-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, once you get that first taste of success and you get the first taste of people being on your side, it's almost like just gets to your head a little bit probably yeah. so uh as a as like being in college, it's got to be hard to manage all those expectations. Uh but I mean that they're not it's not over for Arkansas. They they still have time to keep improving their program. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think they they were a team, they were they was kind of similar to what Kansas is now. Like they were everybody's yeah. darling. Everybody loved them in the offseason. Everybody loved Sam Pittman. And I do too. I was right there with them. I was I was hyping Arkansas up too. I was saying, oh, this team's gonna win nine, ten games. But I don't I don't think that's happening at this point. It just seems like offensively they can't really they're not extending the field they just it's a lot of run a lot of rpo a lot of short stuff and i feel like that's kind of holding them back from really opening up the offense so yeah i think we are seeing the fall of arkansas at least for this season yeah i'm not saying permanently but just for this season one last thing and i'm gonna get you up out of here Look, we gotta talk about this before you go um the rankings i, I i'm having a hard time understanding and maybe maybe it's just me i know we're both clemson fans and maybe you know what i'm saying i don't understand why michigan is ranked over clemson when clemson has now beat not one top 15 team they've beaten two and mm -hmm. one they beat at their place um away from death valley you look at Michigan's schedule, it's Colorado State, it's a Hawaii, it's a bad Iowa offense team, it's 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 Maryland that they barely squeak by if Tua's little brother doesn't get hurt, they probably mm -hmm. might lose that game. You look at their schedule and you look at Clemson's schedule, and it's not even comparable. Talk to me about how you feel about that situation because I feel like Clemson beating a top 10 team and still being ranked at five to me just does not make any sense. How do you feel? 
I was super surprised when the rankings came out this week. Uh, A, that Georgia only dropped to number two. To two, yeah. And, I mean, they struggled twice this year against significantly less competition. Uh, They're still very talented and obviously still undefeated. But uh, after Clemson beating a top 10 team, I think Clemson has the most ranked wins in the top 25 right now. Clemson and has the most ranked wins in the top 25 right now. And they have the two highest ranked rank wins in the country right now. Uh, yes. Overall, and I think wins, maybe the most overall them. Maybe the most power five wins of anybody else, too. I think. Yeah, I think uh, so. So I mean, the AP poll doesn't necessarily take those things into consideration. It's right. really gonna matter when college football ranking yeah uh when the playoff ranking comes around and playoff committee usually values those strength of schedule stats a lot and that's helped clemson out in the past so i don't think it necessarily matters right now the ap poll is just yeah. is just there to give us a baseline of what to, number to put next to a team but it doesn't really matter until playoff rankings come out and when they do if everything if playoff rankings came out today clemson would not be behind Michigan, no. Michigan, maybe not even behind Ohio State and Georgia. I'm going to be honest, bro. And I once again, call me biased. I think right now, I was talking about Georgia like they were head above heels over everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, man. I think Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are all better than them at this moment. Like yeah. at this exact moment, I would say all three of those teams are – and I would even contest Michigan personally. I think all three of those teams are better than Georgia at this moment, personally. Yeah, uh, probably in a head-to-head, Georgia's probably only winning one or two of those games against the top five. Yeah. Uh, if that. So If that, yeah. They right. have time to get it together, and the SEC East schedule isn't crazy tough. Yeah. Uh, so and they, they have some time. They get Tennessee at Athens, right? I think that game's in Athens this year. I am not sure, actually. Yeah, I think that game is in Athens. And now, I wonder, that Kentucky game done lost its luster, too, because they just lost the Ole Miss. So, I yeah. don't know. But, yeah, you're right. The East ain't ain't much. to. I think they got Auburn this week in the in the hedges. That's going to be an easy dub because Auburn's not a good team. Yeah. Um, so, that's that. So, yeah. Uh, before we let you go, man, I wanted you to, you know, shout out your platform, man. Once again, um, if you're a Clemson fan, you definitely should be – tapped in with with drew and also as well matthew on nachos and analysis at on twitter go ahead and give them at give them your ad and stuff like that we'll go ahead and get you out of here man yeah you can find us on twitter nachos underscore analysis and then uh instagram is just nachos and analysis all spelled out uh so we post you know different clemson content we try to make graphics and keep it interesting and we try to stay in a space where not other Clemson accounts are right now so that's been our whole goal since starting it so if you enjoy it and you think we're funny then <laughs> check us out yeah man definitely go follow them and like I said I'll, I'll tweet out when I tweet out the the podcast I put their names in it as well so y'all definitely go and check them out but once again Matthew thank you for taking out time for talking to me tonight I appreciate it man yeah, for sure. Thank you again for having me on. And uh, it was a great time. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to get yeah. you back on our show again, too. Yeah, definitely, man. We'll definitely make it happen, man. And also as well, I'm going to be in Clemson for the South Carolina uh, Clemson game. So hopefully we can link. Yeah, it to yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll definitely make that happen. But once again, thanks, Matthew. I appreciate you. Of course. Have a good one. Have a good one. So that is Matthew from Nachos and Analysis. Oh, y'all thought we was done? Y'all thought the Panthers was getting off the hook? No.
The Panthers are not getting out the hood. Get the Panther people on the on. I was just waiting for him to get off. Shout out to my guy Matthew for coming on to the podcast, man. I didn't want to subject him to the things I'm about to say about them. Sorry, Carolina Panthers. I'm not holding back. I just came off of happy times with, with, with Clemson. It's time to dig into the Panthers now. So once again, shout out to Matthew for coming on to the podcast, man. Follow them at Nachos and Analysis, man. Great Clemson follow, great sports follow, period. Um, But, yeah, it's time. Y'all know why I'm here for. Go ahead and tweet out the link. It, it's Panther talk time, man, and I'm not holding back at all. Um, Let's just jump right into it. The Panthers now, at this point, are one in – we're one in three at this point. Um, the Panthers took another devastating loss um, to the Cardinals this weekend, a team that we've actually dominated for the last decade. I don't think we lost a game to them since like 2013. We've absolutely dominated the 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 um, we've absolutely dominated the Cardinals um, for years. I, like I said, I don't think we have lost to them in almost a decade at this point. Um, we go into this game. We go into halftime. Only that we're up. Actually, we're up. What 10-6 at this time? And the Panthers still find a way to lose the game. Um, I got to go here. I know my parents are listening to this podcast. I know they're watching probably live streaming right now the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and warn my parents now for my vulgar act, uh, words I'm about to say right now. Mama and daddy, I apologize. But I'm not holding off on this punk Baker Mayfield anymore. I'm not holding off on this guy anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Baker Mayfield, I'm so sick of this guy. This guy, for one, Cleveland fans, y'all were right. We were wrong. Y'all were right. I'm I'm ready to admit y'all were right about everything y'all trying to tell us about Baker. Everything that that Cleveland fans said what Baker was going to do, he's literally doing. Everything. Acting like a child. Getting past the swatted. Everything they said that he was going to do, he has did. I'm done supporting this clown. I'm done supporting this clown, Baker Mayfield. I'm done. I'm seriously done with supporting this dude, man. I want to read y'all off his stat line. 22 from 36, 197 yards, one touchdown that was a garbage time touchdown, and two interceptions. This guy had five batted passes down on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me. I'm so sick and tired of this scrubino. I'm so sick and tired of people making excuses for that clown baker. I'm done. I'm done supporting this guy, bro. I'm done. I, I tried to support him. I tried to say, hey, man, let's get back in time. We are a month in, and this clown has not did anything but bash the fans bash the media people in, in Charlotte and act like he's somebody that he's not. I'm done with Baker. I'm so sick and tired of Baker. Let me get this straight. You have a 15, let me go to his QBR. I'm not done with this clown. He ain't getting a pass for the stuff that he's been saying these past couple days. And Stephen A really hit it on the head. This guy has a 15.3 QBR. He's got 747 yards in freaking four games. That's 27th in the NFL. 
This guy Baker has enough nerd to get up here and say, oh, yeah, um, you know, the fans are booing us. We don't care about that. We don't really care. Um, we just going to stick in the locker room and stay together and all this BS. Dude, you have a 15.3 QBR. You questioning the fans booing you? When you have a 15.3 QBR? Can somebody, please, somebody in the comments, please make this make sense. This punk comes on here and gets mad at the fans for saying that you got, that you stinking up the joint. Those Carolina Panther fans pay hard-earned money to come see you in that offense stink the joint up. They come to see you play volleyball with the defense. They have every single right to boo your sorry self. And Baker Mayfield, I'm going to go a step further with you. I never thought I would say this, and this is no disrespect to anybody that has been sexually assaulted, domestic violence, none of that. I understand why Cleveland did what they did. They said we'd rather take a serial rapist, a serial sex offender, a guy that we know has attacked many massage parlors and said, yo, we'd rather have this guy than that kid, Baker Mayfield. That actually showed me a lot about Baker. Why in the world did the team say we'd rather have a rapist than you? Explain to me, bro. Explain to me. Why did them folks say we'd rather have a rapist? I didn't want Deshaun. Because of, you know, the allegations stuff, I want to make this clear. I'm not advocating for rape or, or sexual assault, none of that stuff. We don't do that around here. We don't stand by none of that. But I do, I, I now see why they did it. This guy's a clown. This guy's a clown. He's a straight-up clown. He gets mad that the fans are holding him accountable. Then he gets mad when the media is asking him, Man, Baker, what's going on, bro? Why are you getting so many ball batter? Like, talk to us. Sheena Quick, shout out to Sheena, man. Sheena Quick asked him back in the summer when he first got here. She said, you know, Baker, you struggled. And she talked about it on a Quick Blick podcast. Y'all go check that out. She said, you know, you struggled. And Sheena, let me, for people that don't know, Sheena is one of the best beat reporters in the NFL um, she, she, you know, covers the Carolina Panthers. People on Twitter know who Sheena's quick is. She's one of the best and she's a really good friend of mine. Um, Sheena asked him, you know, you lead the NFL in bad at passes. He got snarky with Sheena then. He said he was going to make a change. He said he was going to change his storm motion, doing all that. We're in week four. And this guy is literally on his way to having a record high of batted passes. He's on his way of having a record high of batted passes. Record high. I didn't make it up. I'm just telling you what the stats tell you. If I was Baker Mayfield, I would have said, hey, bro, I'm, I'm screwing up, bro. I'm playing terrible, bro. I ain't going to lie. And I got to give Matt Rule credit. Matt Rule said, they deserve the boos. We stink. I got to give Matt real credit. I don't say that a lot, but 
I got to give him credit. Matt Rule said, yo, we stink. We suck. They deserve to boo us. They pay their hard-earned money to come see us get whooped every weekend. They deserve to boo us. I would have rather Baker Mayfield went down that line and said, hey, man, we sick. We we not good right now. We're not good at football right now. And I'm the main reason that we're not good at football right now because he really is. Joe Person last week dropped the article talking about, you know, DJ Moore not getting separation. <laughs> Once again, and no disrespect to Joe Person. I don't have no problem with him personally. He normally writes pretty good stuff. I just disagree with what he said. Um, You know, you look at that game, and it was several times DJ Moore was just what, Robbie too. It was several times DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson were wide open, and it was just passes selling right over their head. Baker Mayfield, you're an absolute scrub. You're not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I never thought I would say this about you. You might be worse than Sam Darnold. I never thought I would say those words. You might be worse than Sam Darnold. You might be. You might be worse than Sam Donald, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Then today, and this is when I really said I'm done with Baker. I, I can't do it anymore. Baker had enough nerve to sit up here, and I guess one of the guys, one of the media people, um, I can't remember exactly who it was, um, but he had asked him, like, you know, pretty much like Baker, like, what's up with the batted passes? How can we, like, how you going to fix that pretty much type vibe? Baker got mad at him and tried to get snarky with him, talking about some, oh, well, you want to give me some drills? You want to give me some drills to, to, to work on this? He's a reporter, dog. He's asking a question. Stop being, once again, my parents are watching this. I'm just going to say it. Mama and daddy, forgive me. Stop being a punk, bro. Stop being a pussy. Let's just get right to it. Let's stop being a pussy. Stop it. Baker. You are a punk. I'm not holding back on you, Baker. You are a punk. You screwing up and you want to take it out on the media. And 49ers fans told us this would happen. They told us as soon as Baker starts screwing, I mean, not 49ers fans, excuse me. Browns fans told us this would happen. They told us. They said as soon as Baker starts screwing up, y'all gonna hate that nigga because he's gonna talk bad. He's gonna be snappy with the with the with the team reporters. He's gonna be. They told us everything that's happening. They told us everything that's happening. They told us. They told us Baker was gonna do this. Literally, told us exactly what was gonna happen. And Baker is literally doing exactly what they said. We got week four. We got San Francisco coming in town. I don't think we have a shot of winning this game. I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm not a part of the optimistic crew that thinks, oh, anything can happen. I don't think we're winning this game. I'm going to tell you this right here, and then we're going to start getting ready in the podcast. If we lose this game and we're one and four, I want everybody and everything gone. Absolutely. If we lose this game and we're one and four heading to L.A., probably heading to one and five and then going to the Bucs. Or I think the Bucs might come to us, whatever, heading into one and six. If we are one and four at eight o'clock on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, it's time to pull the plug on everything. And I'm going to tell you what I would want done as a Panthers fan. 
I would want McCaffrey traded up out of here. He deserves better than this. Send him to the Bills. Send him, send him somewhere else. Send him to the 49ers. Tell him, go on ahead and get on playing with them. Something. Send him on out of here, bro. He deserves better than this. And we, you know, with his injury history and the money, send him on. Secondly, Robbie Anderson, pack him on up and send him to Green Bay. Whatever pick we can get for him, take it. I want us to go into a complete tank rebuild mode. I do. Thirdly, and most importantly, Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer should be fired immediately. Don't care how you put it, should be fired immediately. No questions asked. Fire both of them. I don't want to hear no talking. Fire both of them. Get rid of Scott Fitterer. Get rid of, of, of Matt Rule. Wish him nothing but the best, but they both got to go. I think you should keep the young defensive quarter. I think you keep Derrick Brown. I think you keep Brian Burns. I think you keep Jeremy Chin. I think you keep J.C. Horn. The defense is not the problem. The defense is not the problem at all. It, it's not the problem. It's the offense. This offense, oh, one more person. Ben McAdoo got to go. Ben McAdoo, he's in there. Ben McAdoo, all them, they got to go. I think you start the rebuild immediately. Don't even waste time. Don't even waste time, bro. Just get to rebuilding. Get to rebuilding. And let this coach know we done freed up some cap space because y'all know the Panthers have one of the worst cap space situations in the country, right? Y'all know that, right? They have one of the worst Cap space situations in the in in the NFL, so they're gonna need to clear up some cap by getting rid of Robbie, getting rid of a guy like maybe Ian Thomas, getting rid of a guy like you know Christian McCaffrey, get rid of those type of guys, and just go into a completely complete rebuild. Where next year we're probably gonna stink again. Honestly, not gonna lie, next year's probably gonna be another stinker because we're gonna be starting a rebuild. Phil Snow, yeah, somebody in the comments said defense has been good, but Phil Snow got – yeah, everybody has to go. Let, let me make this clear. Rule, Fitterer, uh, uh, Snow, McAdoo, everybody has to go. Every, clean out completely. Clean out completely, bro. This team is done. If they lose on Sunday, I'm going to be actively rooting for losses for the rest of the season. Because it's going to be C.J. Stroud season or, you know what I'm saying, um, Bryce Young season for me. It, it's going to be a complete tank job. Complete. I'm telling you now, if we lose on Sunday, pack up the season. It's over. You're not making the playoffs at 1-5, and five, at 1-4. and four. You're just not. The statistics just – it shows you the season over. And then you got to go to L.A. and also as well. Somebody said Dante Jackson can go – I actually agree. Dante, Dante Jackson can also get moved as well. Um, yeah, that's another one I would trade on off somewhere. Um, only person, only people I feel like should be untradeable if we lose on Sunday and they say, hey, we blowing it up. Chin should be untradeable. Burns should be untradeable. Brown should be untradeable. I never thought I'd say that, but he's really taking that next step. I got to give him credit. Um, I think at this point you would say, Christian McCaffrey, uh, no, not Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore would be untradeable. And Ike Aquanu would be untradeable. Everybody else up on the block. I ain't going to lie. Horn, I think I said Horn. Horn, Horn been great, too. I got to keep him. But everybody else up on the block. 
everybody. I, I would trade everybody else. I'm just going to keep, especially offensively. I would trade Robbie. I would trade Ian Thomas. I would even consider Trimble, to be honest with you, because he's not a pass-catching tight end. I would consider everybody tradable on that offense. Everybody. Everybody but DJ Moore and Icky. That's it. Everybody, and, and maybe even, yeah, I would probably let Moten go too. I, if you, like, I would be okay with keeping Moten, but if you want to let him go, I wouldn't even be mad because I think we need a legit just completely rebuild, bro. DJ DJ Moore is the only guy on the offense in Icky that I would be completely like, we ain't touching them. When you look at the next three games the Panthers play, they have the Niners, they have the Rams, and they have the Bucks. I keep telling y'all, one and six is on the horizon. It's right there. <laughs> one and six is right there, bro. If and I told y'all this before. I don't think Matt Rule makes it past Halloween, bro. I'm gonna keep it real. I think Halloween, by the time they come down here to Atlanta, I think he's I think he's canned. I think he's cooked. I think he's done. He screwed up now three quarterbacks. If you want to count Cam four, he's he's just screwed the pooch, man. It's over for him. He's done. He said, who we got after the Bucks? I think we have the Falcons, who look really good. Another L. And we played him in Atlanta. Another L. I think we got the Falcons, and then we played the Bengals, and then we played the Falcons again. I think. I could be wrong. But, yeah, we're not winning none of those games. I don't see a game on our schedule that we're winning. I, I just I – don't, I don't see it, bro. I know it's any given Sunday. I get that. I understand that method. I, I, I completely understand it. I, I just don't I don't, I don't – I don't I don't see the wins, bro. I, I don't – I don't see the wins, bro. I just don't. I don't see the wins. I mean, we could very well be – in a month from now, we could very well be looking at like one and six, bro. Like, I just don't – I don't see the wins, bro. One and six, one and seven is definitely very likely. And if that happens, I think you're clearing house. I think you're clearing house completely. Um, and it's, you know, I hate that it's gotten to this point. I hate that we got to, we in the beginning of October, we all got to root for our team to lose. But if they lose this Sunday, that's where I'm at, man. If we one and four, tank, I'm done. I'm done rooting for this team to win, bro. Like, I'm, I'm just going to keep it real with you. If we lose this game, I'm done rooting for the team to win this season. This season. This season. I'll be done. We need to just go ahead, tank it out, and start the rebuild for real. And, you know, that's the even more frustrating thing about the Panthers. We were supposed to start a rebuild in 2020. We didn't. We didn't. We tried to retool and get Teddy Bridgewater and all that. No, man. Rebuild. Rebuild, bro. Like. It's just been it's just been a disappointment, man. And now we gotta put our trust again in David Tepper. He said, What about Anthony Richardson if he enters the draft? I mean, I like AR, you know what I'm saying? But he ain't them top two guys. Let's just keep it. Even you as a Florida fan, A B, you know he ain't them top two guys. He ain't he ain't them top two guys, bro. Like. He just ain't he ain't Bryce Young and he ain't CJ Stroud. I would take him in like the second or third round or something like that, maybe. You know, and have him as a project player, but we need somebody that's gonna hoop now, immediately. We don't really have no time to be projecting it up. We need somebody that's gonna hoop right now. We don't have time to, 
You know, Carolina's not going to be a destination spot either because of your new coach. Depending on who gets hired, I don't see them being a destination spot either. You know, that's just me being honest. So it's going to be hard to get guys here. Malik said, nah, AR doesn't move me as a franchise quarterback. And a lot of people in the comments saying, nah, yeah, I, I kind of second or third round, yeah, I'm cool, but we need a we need a franchise guy. We need a first round franchise for sure hitter. We need Bryce Young. We need CJ Stroud. That's who we need. We don't, you know what I'm saying? I like AR 15. Um even it like I just, you know, I, I'm I don't know. I, we need them top two, bro. We need to lose out. Um, I think AB said, I meant if the top two are gone, I don't know. I, I mean, I like AR-15 once again. I know he's not calling himself that no more, but I, I like him. But uh, he, I think he need to go back to college for a year personally. I think he definitely has the tools to be elite and special, but I think we need to, we need to lose. <laughs> we need to lose some games. Um, AB in the comments, he said top target, top coaching target for me, um, personally, if I had to choose, I would probably say my top three picks would be Deuce, Stay, uh, Deuce, uh, Deuce Stanley from when he played with the, uh, he would, I think he with the Lions now, OC, I would put him in there. I would also say Ken Dorsey. He already has Carolina Panther ties. I definitely would put him in the mix. And then I would probably also say, I know them two I like the most, and I still would throw Eric Bieniemy in there. I still would throw Eric Bieniemy in there as well. I don't know if he's going to ever get a head coaching job, but I definitely would throw Eric Bieniemy in there. And hell, if, if Pittsburgh says, "Hey man, we getting rid of Mike Tomlin," I that'd be my number one choice. Ryan Flores is another guy with mine. I really would prefer to go offensive though. I'm not gonna lie. But if Tomlin or, or, or one of those guys like that say they available, I'm definitely with it. I'm definitely, definitely with it. But I just know Matt Rule just he ain't he ain't the answer, bro. He he's not the answer. And that's okay, bro. He can go back to college and be a real good college coach, man. Nobody would knock him for. I think I actually think Matt Rule is a decent college coach. I really do. I know a lot of people like to slander Matt Rule as a coach in general, but I think he I think he's really a decent coach, bro. Like I really I really do think he's a decent college football coach. What he did at Baylor and Temple, you can't knock Matt Rule for that. He was really good at both of them places. I don't care if you don't like him or not. He was good in college, bro. Like, let's let's cut that out. He was a decent coach in college. He's just not a good NFL coach, and that's okay. Happen to Saban, happen to Spurrier. It is what it is, bro. Not everybody's gonna be a, you know, Jimmy Johnson. Like that's just that's just the thing, bro. Like, oh, D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, I like him too. Somebody in the comments just said that CJ, shout out to CJ. And um, no, that was that was Austin. Shout out to Austin, man. We had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah, definitely D'Amico Ryan. I would put him on my list too. Yeah. Actually, I put him above the enemy, actually. Yeah, I like I like D'Amico Ryan's, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. You know, it's definitely gonna we're gonna have to see how this thing play out. But I'm telling y'all now, if we lose this week, I'm done. It's time to get the tank ready. Like my boy Freeze said, pull the tanks out. It's over with. It's over with. It's over with if we lose this week. And we looking at one and four. And going at, going to L.A., probably going to be one and five. It's it's not, you know, it's not. And then the thing is about the 49ers, 49ers have the number one defense in the NFL right now. 
against our offense, who has the number 32 offense in the NFL right now. You know what 32 is? The last place. The last place. So once again, man, um, not really. I'm not pleased with this season so far as a Panther fan. Really pleased with my Clemson Tigers, but <sighs> Panthers fans, man, it's just it's hard, bro. It's hard on us, bro. Like I said, if you're a Panther fan, we family. We got the same struggle. <laughs> we got the same struggle. We all Panther fans. We got the same struggle, man. But once again, if you haven't already, man, follow the podcast page at Toss T Town the Podcast. Um, follow my Instagram at AR underscore T Time 9 and Twitter at AR underscore T Time 9. Um, once again, thank you for Matt coming on from Nachos and Analysis. Y'all definitely go follow him. Um, you know, just go follow him if you like Clemson football. Definitely follow him. He's had some really good interviews too. I think they interviewed Darian Rencher, a couple other former Clemson players. I like to get Darian Richer on the podcast too. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to reach out to him and make that happen. So um, yeah, but yeah, man, definitely, man. Just wanted to show y'all love, man. Uh, continue to support the podcast. Continue to tweet out the link. Um, you know what I'm saying? I love the support we've been getting this time around. I think the streaming platform, y'all let me know too. Do y'all like the streaming, you know, on Twitter? Because it seems like y'all really connect with the podcast a little bit more with streaming. So I definitely want that to continue happening because it seems like it's really working for everybody. And I like it too. So once again, man, thank y'all for tuning into the podcast tonight. I really appreciate it, man. And we will see y'all next week, man. Leave what we're doing.